Shalom. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Truth Matters. Today we'll be discussing Gentile in the Gospels. So this will be part two. Initially, I thought this would be a two-part series, but how it's looking, it may be a four-part series. I'm going to give a quick recap of part one, and then we'll get into the Gospels and see what we can find out from there. So we learned that Gentile simply means nations, heathen, or people. We saw that those words are used interchangeably throughout the scriptures. We discovered that Japheth's descendants are not the only Gentiles, but also the descendants of Ham and everybody that is not of the bloodline of Israel. Through multiple precepts, we saw that Israelites can indeed be identified as Gentiles. The promises given to our forefathers were that their seed will become a multitude of nations or people. It is important to know prophecy, our history, our blessings, and our promises. This is why precept upon precept is so important. We went through the history of when the kingdom was split. The northern kingdom being divorced meant that they were no longer in covenant with the Most High, which meant that they were not his people and that he wasn't their God. This will not be the case forever because the covenant is an everlasting covenant and the Most High does not break his promises, neither does he break his covenant. All 12 tribes will again become one nation very soon. This is made possible through the life and sacrifice of the Messiah. The southern kingdom went through multiple captivities for their disobedience. We saw that the goal of all the Gentile nations who had us in slavery was to make us not follow our commandments, our dietary laws, our feast days, our Sabbaths, and we could not profess our identity or we would suffer death. So before we get started, I want to highlight a scripture from Ezekiel that shows our people indeed have the desire to be like the heathen. Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 32 and it reads, And that which came into your mind shall not be at all, that ye say, We will be as the heathen, as the families of the countries, to serve wood and stone. So we see our people wanting to be like the other nations. They wanted to serve everything but the one true living God. We see that our people didn't want to follow the commandments. They would rather serve creation than the creator. And not much has changed with our people today. Some of us serve stones. We talk to ancestors. Uh, we love them Greek letters of our fraternities and sororities. Uh, We're into Freemasonry now, Christianity, and pagan holidays. Literally everything that the heathen do and our people are following right in their footsteps. The whole nation didn't bow down to the heathen lifestyle, but a lot of our people did. Just like now, so many of us were caught up in doing Things like the heathen, but all praises the Most High open our eyes and we're in this truth, trying to live it to the best of our ability through His Spirit. So only a remnant of Israel will be preserved, and we'll see that as we go through the New Testament. 
The last thing I mentioned was that the two kingdoms of Israel had no dealings with one another. And I want to expound on that statement a little bit more before we get started. The ten tribes didn't want to be under the authority of the house of David. So they separated themselves from Judah. Isaiah 11 and 13 says, Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. So we see that there was a there was envy and vexation among the tribes. And as we make our way through the New Testament, we will see the hostility between the kingdoms and how the Messiah came to remove the enmity between them. Some things to keep in mind as we go through the New Testament. Three things. Number one, both the northern and southern kingdom are scattered in different countries. The majority of the ten tribes are not in the land. Some of them came back home after exile. For example, Anna the prophetess from the tribe of Asher. You can find that in Luke chapter 2 verse 36. Christ primarily is dealing with the southern kingdom. We will see the purpose of his ministry and who he was dealing with as we go through the New Testament. Uh, Point number two, you must know that during the time of the Gospels in the New Testament takes place after the Greek captivity. So most of the known world is Hellenized, meaning that Nations took on the Greek language, the customs, and the philosophy. The Hellenistic period was from the time of Alexander, Cleopatra VII, to the emergence of the Roman Empire. And number three, the Romans are in leadership during Christ's birth, his ministry, and his apostles' ministry. The purpose of going through the Gospels is to see who these Gentiles are that Christ uh, came for. Let's begin. The book of Matthew. The first scripture we're going to go to is Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 15 and 16. The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So this verse, these two verses are a quote from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them have light shined. So we see that Zebulon and Naphtali, who were of the northern kingdom, they are called Gentiles. Galilee is in the land of Naphtali. There was still some of the northern kingdom in their land during the Hasmonean dynasty. The Hasmonean dynasty is just the time of the Maccabees. So let's read 1 Maccabees chapter 5 and 17. Then said Judas unto Simon his brother, Choose thee out men, and go and deliver thy brethren that are in Galilee. So their their brethren, they needed to be saved 
because the other nations around them was upset that they were rebuilding the, the sanctuary and the altar. So they set out to kill the Israelites that lived among them. So who are these people that sat in darkness and what does it mean to sit in darkness and in the shadow of death? Let's go to Psalms 107. We'll read verses 10 through 14. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contempt the counsel of the Most High, meaning they rejected his laws and commandments. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Most High in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. So these people are the northern kingdom. Darkness signifies captivity and oppression. So these verses are saying that the 10 tribes are in captivity for rejecting the Most High's commandments. It says that these Gentiles saw a great light. What light is this referring to? Let's read verses 12 and 13 of Matthew 4. Now when Yahusha or Yahawashai, whatever name you go by, Yasha, I know everybody has different names. Okay, verse 12. Now when Yahusha had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali. So the light that they saw, it was the Messiah. This goes back to Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7, and also Isaiah 49 and 6. And we're going to read both of those scriptures. Isaiah 42 and 6. I, the Most High, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. So we saw in Matthew 4, these Gentiles are the northern kingdom. It says that he will give them for a covenant of the people. The covenant is for the entire nation of Israel. Because all Israel sinned and breaking the commandments. The northern kingdom was not his people. He wasn't a God. Therefore, they had no covenant. In the new covenant, we are given his spirit. And he puts his laws within our minds for us to do them. Hebrews 8 and 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Most High. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. This covenant, like the first covenant, has nothing to do with the other nations. The covenants are for the Israelites. And we'll see that when we get in the book of Romans. So in Isaiah 42 and 6, he said that he will, Christ will be given for a covenant of the people, a life for the Gentiles. Isaiah 42 and 7, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Israel's eyes were blinded. They are the prisoners because they are in captivity. Isaiah 6 and 10, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, 
and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Isaiah 44 and 18 reads, They have not known nor understood, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see and their hearts that they cannot understand. So we see the blinded eyes are indeed the Israelites, not the other nations. Let's read Isaiah 49 and 6. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the trials of Jacob and to restore the preserve of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Christ's mission was to establish and gather the tribes. Salvation to the ends of the earth is because that's how far the Most High scattered us. Deuteronomy 30 verses 3 and 4 That then the Most High thy God would turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Most High thy God have scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Most High thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. So we see that the Gentiles the Messiah came to give light to were his people of the northern kingdom who are known as Gentiles. Number two, Matthew chapter 20 verses 18 and 19. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priest, unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. These Gentiles in this verse is talking about the Romans. The Romans mocked, beat, and crucified our Messiah. The scribes and the Pharisees and some of Israel wanted him to be crucified, but it was the Romans that did the actual act. Not all of Israel killed or rejected the Messiah. So I'm going to give you another precept for you to know that these Gentiles were the Romans. Psalms 22 and 16. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. These dogs here are the Romans. David was prophesying of Christ's death before it ever happened. Um, let's read Acts chapter 4 and verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child, Yahushua, whom you hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. Luke 23 and 11. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught, and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. So we see these Gentiles are indeed the Romans. Let's go to the book of Mark. I only have one scripture coming out of the book of Mark. And it's Mark chapter 7 verses 26 through 30. And I'm going to read verse 26 because that's the focus. Verse 26 and it reads, The woman was a Greek, a Seraphonician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the demon out of her daughter. So this woman was an ethnic 
Gentile. Her race or her ethnicity was Syrophoenician. She was a Greek, meaning she took on the Greek customs and the Greek languages. So this verse is showing us that you can identify as a Greek, but be of another nation. Like how we in the United States identify as Americans, but we are Israelites. This is going to be important to remember as we get into the letters of Paul and in the book of Acts. I also want to note before we move on to the book of Luke that verses 27 through 30 have nothing to do with salvation. The children are the Israelites. The dogs are the other nations. So this shows us that there is a hierarchy established. Why? Because the covenants and the promises are for Israel and the other nations get some of the benefits, the crumbs, but they are second to us. We are above them. That was the most high purpose for his people. So let's go to let's go to the book of Luke, Luke 21 and 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. This is another verse that shows a distinction of Gentiles. The Gentiles in this verse are the other nations. It says the Israelites will be killed by the sword, which means war. That happened in 70 AD when they surrounded Jerusalem and under Titus. They were led into captivity or slavery into all nations. Jerusalem today is being trotted down by the heathen. The people in the land today are not bloodline descendants of the ancient Israelites. They are Khazars. They're not the true Hebrew people. The time of the Gentiles being fulfilled is referring to the statue mentioned in Daniel chapter 2. We are at the feet of the statue. Daniel 2 and 44 says that the kingdom would not be left to other people, meaning the Gentiles. Once Christ comes, that's the end of their dominion. Yet the Christian church has not figured out that the people in the land of Israel today are not the people of the book. They do not match any of the prophecies whatsoever. They believe in uh, the Balfour Declaration, which literally contradicts scripture and prophecy. Christianity is truly the strong delusion. The book of John. We're going to go to John chapter 7, verse 35. Then said the Jews among themselves, whither will he go? that we should not find him. Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? So let's look at this dispersed in the Strongs. G1290 says dispersed or diaspora are Israelites in foreign countries. Hmm, so you telling me that the Israelites are scattered in foreign countries among the Gentiles, just like the Most High told us way back in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and in the prophets. Hmm, you don't say. The dispersed among the Gentiles 
are Israelites of both kingdoms. We were scattered for our disobedience. Let's read Deuteronomy 4 and 27. And the Most High shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whether the Most High shall lead thee. John chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also must I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So let's break this down. The sheep that he's referring to are the southern kingdom. The other sheep are the northern kingdom and the scattered uh, southern kingdom. Remember, most of northern kingdom wasn't in the land during his ministry. And some of the southern kingdom, they were scattered too. And we'll see that as we get deeper into uh, the letters of the New Testament. Now, I've heard Christians and Israelites use these two verses to say that the Messiah is talking about those of the other nations. The day that anybody finds a scripture that calls any other nation sheep or the flock of God, let me know. The only people called sheep and the flock of God are the Israelites. One fold, meaning one nation, one kingdom, one shepherd, meaning Christ. Jeremiah 31 and 10, hear the word of the Most High, O ye nations, and declare in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. Ezekiel 37 and 22, and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two kingdoms, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. And Genesis 49 and 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, meaning the Messiah. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, meaning all 12 tribes. So we see that all these verses work in harmony with John 10 verses 15 and 16. The Messiah's purpose was to come, die for the remission of the sins of his people, and bring them back together again so that they can fulfill their purpose that the Most High established for them from the beginning. John chapter 12, verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. These Greeks are Israelites, specifically Israelites of the Southern Kingdom, so Jews basically. They came to celebrate the Feast of Passover. You won't find a scripture about the Canaanites, the Edomites, the Moabites, any other ite in the scriptures keeping our laws and feast days. The other nations were hell bent on keeping us from keeping our customs. So if they didn't want us to keep them, why would they want to keep them? Our feast days, our dietary laws, um, 
our judgments, they were all given to us. Remember what Psalms 147 verses 19 and 20 said? The other nations had known his judgments. Only we did. He, he only gave them to us. Now, when they lived among us, they had to abide by our um, our rules and our laws and stuff. But they were given to us and us only. Even today, with the, the, the people in the land of Israel, they don't even follow the commandments. They sell pork. And, and in my head, if you're selling pork, nine times out of ten, you're eating it. They don't have faith in the Messiah. They don't even believe in the Messiah. They are trying to be like us. That's why they're Jewish, heavy on the ish. So we've seen in the Gospels that the Messiah came to give light to the Israelites of the northern kingdom, known as the Gentiles. And we saw that the ethnic Gentiles mocked and killed our Messiah. We saw that it's possible to be called a Greek and not be of Greek descent. And lastly, we saw that Israel, the Israelites who were called Greeks came to celebrate the Passover feast. So that's really the end of the lesson. Um, I hope you got something out of this. As always, I hope you go back and study and read these things for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved. Part three, we're going to go into the book of Acts and the book of Romans. Part four is going to be the letters of Peter and Paul. So get ready for that. Um, yeah, that's 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 kind of it. Uh, if you found this episode uh, insightful, you learned something from it, please share it, rate it, comment, subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate it. So until next time, Shalom.